Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it, all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com/wonder. Let me start off with two words: Made in America. Made in America. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. I am your co-host, but I'm the host for the week. Charlie's gone, and he is very sorry. Probably. We're not really sure if he's very sorry. It's not his fault, except it kind of is. So if you want to send him some hate mail, which I recommend everyone do, charlie at goodmorningliberty.us. He checks his email way more than I do. So charlie at goodmorningliberty.us. Send him over some hate mail and just let him know that you would like to see a little bit more trying when it comes to being a podcast co-host. Let him know. Tell him for me. All right. Well, this is Good Morning Liberty. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to, whether Charlie is here or not. So smash that follow, the subscribe, and go to joingml.com. Join for as little as six bucks a month and hang out with us in the live group or just me in the live group, depending how Charlie is feeling that week. So we had some stuff go on over the over the weekend. I went and hung out downtown in Nashville, which is uh, something that I hear you're supposed to do. But I, I went and did it. Way too many people down there. I don't like it. I, I don't like being around that many people. It's also weird once you get kind of older and you don't drink and you're married and you're like, why am I downtown in Nashville? I have no clue. But I did see a guy holding a sign that said F Joe Biden on it. And I took a picture with him and put it on our Twitter. So go to our Twitter at Good AM Liberty and like that. That made the whole thing worth it. But seriously, we got super old. We went out at like seven, literally around 850. Charlie and I were heading back home. That's how cool we are these days. So what else happened over the weekend this weekend? I saw PayPal trending on Twitter quite a bit over the weekend. A lot of people really upset about this new policy that they put in place that allows them to just take 2,500 bucks or up to 2,500 bucks from your account if you're promoting misinformation. Now, at first I was like, well, that's pretty crazy. I don't see how a company could possibly do that. It turns out that they can actually do that, but it looks like the Daily Wire broke this story. And there has been a resolution to the story, but we're going to start off with the actual controversy itself, and then we'll get to the actual resolution. So here's from the Daily Wire. 
new PayPal policy lets company pull 2500 bucks from users' accounts if they promote misinformation. A new policy update from PayPal will permit the firm to sanction users who advance purported misinformation or present risks to user well-being with fines of up to $2,500 per offense. The financial services company, which has repeatedly deplatformed organizations and individual commentators for their political views, will expand its existing list of prohibited activities on November 3rd. Among the changes are prohibitions on the sending, posting, or publication of any messages, content, or materials that promote misinformation or present a risk to user safety or well-being. Users are also barred from the promotion of hate, violence, racial, or other forms of intolerance that is discriminatory. So, that's a lot. I will admit, we use PayPal quite a bit. Uh, All of the different things that we have that people are signed up for, a lot of them get paid out through PayPal. So, here I was over the weekend trying to figure out if they're going to fine us $2,500 for all of the misinformation that we have here on the podcast on a daily basis when we want to. Well, then I noticed this little line down here at the bottom. Now this, I'm not trying to minimize what PayPal was doing, but I will also say that from what I could tell on Twitter, a lot of people took this uh, to be way worse than what it actually was. It's still terrible, still a terrible idea. And had they not resolved this, we'd be looking at a different place to be doing our transactions. But inside of the article from the Daily Wire, it says the policy applies to actions taken using PayPal's platform. So what does that mean? They talked about sending, posting, or the publication of any messages, content, or materials that promote misinformation. The policy applies to actions taken using PayPal's platform. What that means is that they're not saying that if they look at your Twitter and they think that you've promoted misinformation, that they're going to go into your PayPal account and fine you 2500 bucks. Although that is how a lot of people took this to me. And so I just have to say this is in there. However, it was not in the original publication of the Daily Wire article. They had to correct it and put a little editor's note at the bottom and say that we changed. And I'll actually show you later on what they changed on it. So that was not in the original publication of the article. Now, is this a good thing? No, not a good thing at all. Now, if you confine this to using PayPal's platform, which I don't exactly know what that means, I guess sending messages back and forth through PayPal's, maybe in your payments, whatever it is. I don't know exactly how all that works. Is this all a good thing? No, we don't, we don't want this because who decides what misinformation is? We could go through a couple years worth of things that were misinformation that are no longer misinformation. Of course, misinformation means whatever the regime doesn't want you to think. That's basically misinformation. Whoever those are, those who are in power, whoever those are, if you say anything that is against anything that they want, then that is misinformation. And unfortunately, we have seen a lot of really big businesses fall in line with this. We don't like that. However, this is a libertarian podcast. This is a company. It's apparently in their policy that they are able to do this. And so the reaction was for people to say that they were canceling PayPal, that they were canceling their accounts, which is the proper reaction, in my opinion. That's what we need to do. Candace Owens, here's a big example of one saying that she just moved all the money I had on my PayPal account out of it. And I suggest you do the same. 
this is serious. They are delaying the transfer, pending review for 12 hours, but at least it's done. Hashtag PayPal is dead. So this is a screenshot of her moving money away from her PayPal. Of course, that doesn't show that she's actually closing her account or anything. It just shows her making a transfer, but whatever. So I wanted to show you another thing here from, uh, from is it Ian Miles Shong? I, I don't know exactly how to say that, but it says, PayPal's new acceptable use policy beginning November 3rd, 2022 will enable the company to withdraw $2,500 from your account. You guys already know this. And they've already been banning groups that are, say, like gays against groomers. We know about that. They say it's per infraction. And here he goes to say, if you posted 10 memes they find objectionable, then they might hit you with $25,000. From what I can tell, that's not true at all. He goes on to say, it is legal because there are no laws written to stop them. Yet the UK is only just now talking about stopping them from acting on viewpoint discrimination. But as far as I know, they are able to do this in any other jurisdiction, including the United States. He ends this with, I'd like to see libertarians defend PayPal. Well, my defense on moral lines of what they are doing is that I find this very morally objectionable. If they were to continue with this policy, then we would have to find somewhere else to do business. That would be, that would be my libertarian defense. I don't want the U.S. government to write any laws saying that they can't create a contract with their users and do whatever it is inside of that contract. If we disagree with, they're going, with what they're going to do, then we'll have to find someone else to use. I don't have a right to use their platform. And so there's a libertarian defense. There's also another libertarian defense of this entire situation. So here's the real libertarian defense of the entire situation. As of today, all of these news stories, for instance, New York Post, PayPal pulls plan to find customers... Seeking Alpha, they say PayPal retract policy that would have fined users. 24-7 Wall Street, PayPal backtracks on user policy change after fewer. Uh, let's see, PayPal backs down on free speech fine. Yahoo News, PayPal pulls back, says it won't find customers $2,500 for misinformation after backlash. So pretty easily, there's my libertarian defense of PayPal. And it's not a defense of what PayPal decided to do. It's a defense of what the free market can do to people when you don't agree with whatever it is that they're doing as a business. You can go somewhere else. By the way, they're down about 6.5% on the day. Their stock is PYPL. Down about 6.5% on the day. Over $6 billion of value removed. And the market is overall down today, but PayPal by far... Uh, came out hot, being down about 5% already when the market was actually up this morning uh, when it opened. So there was a reaction to this, to the tens of thousands of people saying that they were going to delete their PayPal accounts, and it was not good. There you go. There's your reaction. We didn't have to have the government come in and do anything. Now, they still might do something that we don't like. In fact, they still do do things that we don't like, like banning people uh, from their platform because of whatever their views are. But is it their company? Yeah. Okay. Now, when it comes to keeping your money or taking money away from you, that's another thing. I don't like that one. 
I'm not cool with that one, but they say that they're backtracking on that. So the market responded. The free market responded to this. And by the way, now this is a consequence of what the market's been doing all year. But a lot of this has happened recently. PayPal is currently down 73% since this whole financial, this whole market crash started 73%. They were down a little bit more than that. $265 billion has been wiped away from their valuation. $265 billion. So they're going to have to listen to what the market wants them to do. And it looks like they are paying attention to what the market wants them to do. So there's my libertarian response. And by the way, the follow-up from Daily Wire says, PayPal reverses plan to find users $2,500. A red-faced PayPal walked back a shocking new policy announcement. There's the policy you know. They've repeatedly deplatformed organizations and individual commentators for their political views. Uh, they announced Saturday, one day after the Daily Wire story broke, that the announcement went out in air. Now, props to the Daily Wire. If they were, in fact, the people that broke this and got everyone upset about it, once again, this seems to be another win by the Daily Wire, getting people upset about this. And it looks like PayPal is actually responding to something that the Daily Wire put out there. Their quote, it's kind of funny, an accepted use policy notice recently went out in error that included incorrect information. It was misinformation, actually, and they fined the employee that put it out, $2,500, so don't worry. So they said a notice recently went out in error that included incorrect information. A spokesperson said, PayPal is not fining people for misinformation, and this language was never intended to be inserted in our policy. We are sorry for the confusion this has caused. So what's the response? There's the response right there. It was put out. People are upset about it. People said they're going to delete their accounts. PayPal can't handle their stock going down anymore. They really can't. They're like, I mean, they're, they're a cool company. I don't think they're about to go bankrupt or anything, but being down almost 80% on the year, not really good. Not good whatsoever. And then I'm going to say one thing that probably a lot of people would disagree with, but we'll see. Uh, when a company backtracks like this because people got upset, and said that they were going to delete their accounts because they were upset about something. Before that, if you still had your account, and they said that they were going to do this, maybe it was incorrect that they said that, and you said, I'm deleting my account, and they say, sorry, sorry, we're not going to do that, or we never were going to do that, we're sorry about the confusion, and they get rid of that policy, you should consider keeping your account after that. Why would I say that? Because you had it beforehand. Maybe you don't like all the other stuff that they've been doing, but not enough for you to get rid of your account until this happened, until you were worried that they were going to start taking money out of your account, of course. If we want the market to respond when we give them incentives, the market responds to incentives. They do something we don't like, and people get upset about it. Cancel PayPal is trending. PayPal is dead is trending. And then they say, okay, 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 we're not going to do it. You're right. We're sorry. We're not going to do it. Now, if no one listens to that and they still, everyone cancels, I get it. You're upset. You're upset about the fact that they were ever going to do that in the first place. Totally understand that. But what is the incentive for a company to pay attention when the people say on the right or libertarians or whatever, get upset and they say they're going to cancel? What is the incentive to change anything? If you see that even after you change, Everyone is still just going to cancel and say, screw you. 
So what I don't want to do is set up an incentive structure where a company does something you don't like, everyone gets upset about it, but you still say screw them even if they are going to change. What you set up is a structure where they just, okay, we did it. We don't care. I don't care what you guys think because guess what? You're all going to leave anyway, so we're not going to reverse the policy. If they reverse the policy and they actually put out a memo that says the word sorry in it, then give them a chance. We can talk about all the other organizations that they've deplatformed, but if you had your account before this weekend, then you were okay with all of that. You got worried about the fact that they were going to take your money because of a bad tweet that you put out. Or maybe it was a good tweet. It's probably a good tweet. Okay. But you got worried about that. Well, they say they're not going to do that anymore. So give them a chance. That's all I'm saying. I want to set up the proper incentive structure for companies to listen when people get upset. I do actually think, Bailey said, do you think the pendulum is swinging back? Would they have backtracked two years ago? I actually do think the pendulum is swinging back. We talked a little bit about this last week with, uh, you know, Trevor Noah leaving The Daily Show. We've talked about CNN Plus. We've talked about all these places where uh, they're responding to market forces. People aren't watching these shows. Um, they can't handle a bunch more people canceling their platform and taking money out of their accounts. They can't do it. And I think right now, now's the time where you really got you really got to turn up the heat on these people because they're in a financial crunch at the moment. But don't, like I said, I already just explained all of it. I want them to have an incentive to actually change. And if they change and they're still screwed because no one get no one sees that they changed, then there's no incentive for these people to respond and to change when people get upset. So take the apology. Say, okay, I'll give you another chance. You had an embarrassing weekend. You lost $6 billion over the weekend, PayPal, and you said you were sorry. Here's another chance, all right? So there's the PayPal situation right now. Here's another situation. By the way, this had a little bit of uh, mis not misinformation, but Twitter did take this down for a bit. They put it back up after people got upset about it. Now, listen, I know you take one look at me and think, Nate, you're a stone cold fox. I bet you've been reeling in the ladies with that beautifully bearded face for years. That's actually not the case. I've never been able to grow a respectable beard until the last couple months. What did I find out? Having a great looking beard requires work. Whether it's beard growth oils, styling products, top of the line trimmers, there's a ton of products out there to help you grow your best beard. I thought it was just going to happen all on its own, just overnight. But guess what? I'm not that guy. I can't do it. I've never been that guy. But luckily, Beard Club is here to help. As the leader in beard-first men's growth and grooming, Beard Club delivers quality hardware and consumables that'll help you get a better, thicker, and fuller-looking beard. Every morning, I get up and I use the beard oil from Beard Club. I take my beard growth vitamins as soon as I get to work. At night, I use the beard growth spray. And a couple times a week, I use the Derma Roller which stimulates those stubborn, lazy hair follicles that have been letting me down all these years. That's right. I got the beard growth kit from the website. And if you've had a lot of issues like I have, uh, then that's the one that I would personally recommend. But if you're already on track and you're already growing that beard, they got a lot of really great products too. I'm just, I'm just not up that ladder yet. But after a couple months using these products, holy crap, my beard is actually looking better, fuller, more legit. And I finally have the confidence to go to a Libertarian Party convention and hang out with all those other classical Libertarian beards. So head over 
to beardclub.com slash GML. Take the beard quiz and use my code GML at checkout. They'll recommend the best beard kit that's tailored to fit your needs. No matter what type of beard you have, Beard Club has the perfect kit to fit your needs. Beard Club, over 2 million beards served. Grow your best beard today and take 20% off your first order when you go to beardclub.com slash GML. Use code GML. That's beardclub.com slash GML. Once again, use code GML for 20% off your first order. The Surgeon General of Florida said today we released an analysis on COVID-19 mRNA vaccines that the public needs to be aware of. Okay. This analysis showed an increased risk of cardiac-related death among men 18 to 39. Florida will not be silent on the truth. And then they posted the study. I did like that, so I did go to the study. They went through. The analysis found that there was an 84% increase in the relative incidence of cardiac-related death among males 18 to 39 within 28 days following mRNA vaccination. Now, we've seen a lot of really weird stories of young people turning up dead. And uh, I, some of this could be related to the vaccine. I'm not going to say that I know that each one of them is related to the vaccine. These days, I think we, we while I do think that there are issues, okay, I didn't, get, I didn't get the vaccine. This is one of the small reasons that I didn't. Uh, I also don't think that every time someone dies, it's because they were vaccinated. There's going to be a lot of correlation and causation stuff going on here. You guys know that. So I went through the study. Seems like they did a pretty good job with the study. They only looked at people who hadn't had COVID. That's one of the issues that we've seen with some of the adverse uh, effects of it was you don't know if it was the vaccine or if it was having COVID itself. Well, they only looked at people who hadn't had COVID. And yeah, 84% increase in the uh, cardiac-related death rate. Now, keep in mind, the cardiac-related death rate is still really low. This doesn't mean you have like an 84% chance of dying from a cardiac event or anything. It means that uh, maybe you had a, a, a 0.1% chance. It's probably still too high. And now you could have like a 0.18. You know, that's, that's what that could mean. So basically still nothing. But that still ends up being a lot of people when you're talking about thousands of people getting the vaccine. We live in very different worlds here when you look at what people are doing out in California and other left-wing states. And then Florida, the actual state recommending against getting this vaccine. That is a leap. And as I said, it was originally censored on Twitter for misinformation, but an actual medical study. But it's out there now. All right. So y'all... Y'all make your own decisions. I just wanted to do a little public service announcement. That is what the state has come up with on the matter. Let's go into some economics here for a second. And we're going to hear, we're going to talk about Ben Bernanke. We're going to hear from Milton Friedman for a few minutes. Those of you watching live, you'll probably hear a little bit longer video than everyone on the podcast will, because I'm going to cut down a little bit of it. But Ben Bernanke is among three American winners of the Nobel Prize in Economics. Boom. So for all the libertarians listening right now, you're probably banging your head up against the wall, I would say, as we talk about helicopter money, Ben, and the financial crisis of 2008, and him getting the Nobel Prize in Economics. You will be delighted to hear, though, I will say, when I first saw this, I was like, okay, this is dumb. 
probably still dumb, but not as dumb as what we thought. This does not have to do with his specific response to the financial crisis in 2007 and 2008. This actually is a Nobel Prize for a paper that he wrote in 1983 and its contributions to monetary policy. So not quite as terrible as what everyone was imagining, I'm sure. And I'm going to tie this in. Oddly enough, this seems like another Nobel Prize for Milton Friedman. I know that their their views are a little different, but I'm going to tell you why I said this is kind of like another Nobel Prize for Milton Friedman here in a sec after we hear from Milton Friedman and what caused the Great Depression. And he did a paper in the 60s, I believe, and he ended up getting the Nobel Prize in Economics partly due to this paper. And we'll talk a little bit more about that after we hear what he said. Like I said, everyone watching live, you're going to see a little bit more video than the people listening on the podcast will. But regardless, we're going to hear from Milton Friedman, so can't complain about that. The Great Depression was produced by a failure of government, by a failure of monetary policy. It was produced by a failure of the Federal Reserve System to act in accordance with the intentions of those who established it. It was produced by a failure of the Federal Reserve System despite the presence of knowledge on the part of many of the people in the system about the right course of action. Even at the depth of the Depression in 1933, when in the spring of that year, the Federal Reserve System, which had been established in order to prevent banking panics and keep banks from closing, when the Federal Reserve System itself closed its doors, and you had a banking holiday for seven days. And when, over the previous three years, a third of the banks of this country closed their doors and went broke because, in my opinion, of the poor policy followed by the Federal Reserve System. The facts were that from 1929 to 1933, the total quantity of money in the United States declined by one-third. The total number of banks went down by one-third. And why did the quantity of money decline? It declined because the Federal Reserve System failed to prevent the decline. The Federal Reserve System could have prevented the decline at all times. There never was a moment during that period when the Federal Reserve did not have the power to prevent the decline in the quantity of money. If it had prevented the decline in the quantity of money, you might still have had a recession. But it would have been a garden variety recession. It would have been over in the middle of 1930 or early in 31 at the latest. It would not have been the major catastrophe, not only for this country, but throughout the rest of the world. So how is this all related to Ben Bernanke getting the Nobel Prize? Of course, Friedman was a uh, critic of the Federal Reserve, uh, wanted to have free market setting interest rates. Bernanke basically expanded on this, and I'm going to show you Bernanke actually mentioning Milton Friedman several times, uh, even in the paper that he ended up getting the Nobel Prize for. But I'm going to show you real quick uh, what the Nobel Prize committee said uh, about why he was getting this. So Ben Bernanke, in a paper from 1983, uh, showed with statistical analysis and historical sources that bank runs led to bank failures, and this was the mechanism that turned a relatively ordinary recession into the depression in the 30s. 
So we showed that banks need to be there. Uh, they need to be up and running for the economy to work. And if it doesn't, if they don't, then the economy works work. Okay, that's kind of sounding a little bit like what Milton Friedman was saying. And in fact, it is kind of like what Milton Friedman was saying. In the paper that he ended up getting the Nobel Prize for, uh, the very beginning, the front page right here, says that the approach of this paper is complementary to that of Friedman and Schwartz, Schwartz, who was the other person who wrote that paper with Friedman. And they were talking about expanding the money supply, of course. They, uh, Bernanke actually looked more at the, uh, the credit, a little bit more about the interest rate. So I'm not saying that Friedman would agree with everything that Bernanke was doing, but Bernanke actually mentioned Friedman several times. I kind of feel like this is still an extension of some of the work that Friedman did. In fact, on Friedman's birthday, 90th birthday in 2002, Bernanke went and spoke in honor of Milton Friedman at the University of Chicago. And he even said at the end of his speech that he would like to say to Milton and Schwartz regarding the Great Depression, you're right, we did it. We're very sorry. But thanks to you, we won't do it again. That is the Federal Reserve saying, you're right, we did actually cause the Great Depression. And we're sorry. Uh, but we're not going to do it anymore, thanks to you. So anyway, like I said, it's not really just about what he did during 2008. Of course, we have a lot of things that we would disagree with when it comes to, I don't know, things like the helicopter money policy. You know what's interesting is Milton Friedman is the one who made the statement about using a helicopter drop of money into the economy to fight deflation. Um, Bernanke was actually just referencing uh, Milton Friedman. Even when you go to helicopter money, uh, Milton Friedman's in the first thing. It's in Bernanke's and it's in Milton Friedman's. Of course, none of this was used the way that Friedman would have used it, but I just thought that that was uh, overall pretty interesting. And as someone who's job it is to represent Milton Friedman on TikTok, which is still a really weird thing uh, to do. I just wanted to mention that Bernanke get Nobel Prize. I don't know, I kind of feel like there's a little shout out to Milton Friedman again, and he deserves that. He deserves that shout out. Now, has the Fed been doing stuff uh, well? No, no, they have not. And uh, we all know that for sure. They dropped the interest rates way too low, created a bunch of free money. They made it way too easy to borrow money. They propped up a bunch of companies that shouldn't have existed anymore. We got too big to fail. All of that. They propped up the uh, tons of industries that just should have gone bankrupt. We all know that. And now while we're going in this market decline and into this recession, we are in a very interesting time in history because normally at a time like this when the market's down 30 percent or whatever it is they'd be talking about lowering interest rates to try and save us from this recession instead right now we're having a fed induced recession almost of course it actually has to do with all of the free money that was out there so it is still a fed induced recession but now i even saw the un is blaming the recession on the fed because of their tight monetary policy while not paying attention to the fact that the Fed also had a lot to do with it because of all the free money that they were throwing out there. So we're just going to blame the Fed for tightening. What they should do is just keep handing out the heroin to everyone, right? I don't know. So I wanted to mention a little bit of that, give a little props to Milton Friedman today. And yes, I am going to mention the Kamala Harris thing today because I do not know the status of Dumb Leap of the Week this week. And so we've got to, we've got to mention it because I can't make any guarantees on Dumb Leap this week. Because uh, Charlie being gone, we're going to Miami on Friday. 
Uh, we're going to have to talk about this Kamala Harris thing. And I promise, I will make a promise to Costco right here in the live group, that if there is, in fact, a dumb bleep of the week this week, which I hope there is, we will still play this as one of the dumb bleeps of the week because it has to be mentioned. Kamala Harris over the weekend. Now, y'all heard about that strategic pardon reserve that Biden tapped into at the end of the week last week. 6,500 convictions from what I hear. None of those people were actually in prison. They just had stuff taken off their record. It's not quite as cool as it sounds, but it is a step in the right direction. But I will not allow, we will not allow, and neither will you, allow these people to get away with acting like they had nothing to do with it. And that is the infuriating part of this. And that's why it's still going to make it in the dumb leap of the week if we have one of those this week. Kamala Harris out here saying insanely, <laughs> I'm just going to play it. It makes me really upset. And there's probably a lot of people that are in prison that makes really upset also. And speaking of the system of justice, we are also changing, y'all might have heard that this week, the federal government's approach to marijuana. <laughs> should have to go to jail for smoking weed. Yep, that's what she said. That's great. That's great, Kamala. Once again, the disgusting part of this is her record as a prosecutor, Joe Biden's record uh, with, with his crime bill. And now these people get to come out here and be the Lord and saviors and talk about, uh, if essentially they're going to frame it as... You're a victim of someone else's policies, and I don't think anyone should go to jail for smoking weed. I think all these people should be let out. This is ridiculous. Let's let's maybe we'll blame it on some Republicans. I don't know. And there's plenty of them that deserve a lot of blame. But for these people and like Kamala to go out here and act like she thinks it's ridiculous for people to go to jail for smoking weed during her tenure as the California attorney general from 2011 to 2016, nearly 2000 people went to state prison for having drugs that she's now scoffing at locking people up for as a prosecutor in San Francisco. She helped ensure that people who may previously have been eligible for drug diversion programs were instead imprisoned. Now from reason, this is what I'm reading from right now. Um, they are correct in saying that it's great that she's coming around to this. If she's going to change her mind on this, then, then that's great. All right. That it is a good thing. It's a good thing for a lot of people, but recognize this for what it is. This is an attempt to bump the poll numbers before the election. And, and maybe that's, maybe that's fine. Maybe that's fine that it's something that they're going to use to try and bump the, the poll numbers that that's great. I'm happy for the people that it could affect in a good way. But there is still a lot of work to be done on this. And like what T-Dub just said, it doesn't change it from a Schedule 1A drug. That's what they really need to do. They have a lot of control over that. Now, Biden, I believe, did, in, did instruct someone, Health and Human Services, maybe whoever it was, uh, to, to look at that, to look at changing the schedule on it. That would be a game changer, uh, not only for convictions and thing, things like that, but for that industry as well you know, realize right now like they they can't even i mean they got to be like an all cash industry basically it's tough to even get investment from anyone they can't do uh 
they they can't do actual medical studies like what you see with everything else because of what their classification is. Uh, you can't just do whatever kind of study you want. We need to know what the actual effects are on people. I'm actually someone who thinks that weed is not something that you can just do an unlimited amount at any time all throughout the entire day and it never has any effects on you whatsoever. I, I don't think that that's the case whatsoever. What I would love are a whole bunch of medical studies studying that. And that's one part that we also need to change with this whole thing. And I can't talk about the Kamala Harris thing, in fact, without, without talking about how she just got destroyed in the debates. We'll just play the really, really quick, really quick thing from Tulsi Gabbard on here. It's only 39 seconds. Senator Harris says she's proud of her record as a prosecutor and that she'll be a prosecutor president. But I'm deeply concerned about this record. There are too many examples to cite, but... She put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. She blocked evidence. She blocked evidence that would have freed an innocent man from death row until the courts forced her to do so. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. And she fought to keep cash bail system in place that impacts poor people in the worst kind of way. I'm pretty sure Tulsi single-handedly brought down Kamala. Not that she was going to do any better, but man, that was really good. It was all very true, and she completely destroyed her on all of this, and you can see it in Kamala's face. There's just nothing she can do about it. It's all the truth. Never forget, it's great if they want to change these policies, but everyone needs to realize just how fake it is, and maybe get some other people in there that truly believe the things that they are saying. And you can kind of go back to the PayPal discussion we had earlier. Well, if they're changing their ways, if they're going to reverse on their policy, then we need to reward them for reversing on their policy. Well, that's fine. If they're the only option, if there are other options out there, well, we want to help those options too. And in the same way, these people who perpetrated these policies put people in a jail cell in a cage because they smoked a plant. Uh, we don't need to forget about that. And we have to point out that just how hypocritical they're being. They're going to act like, like I said earlier, the Lord and Savior, and I'm not going to let them get away with it. I know you guys aren't either. Everyone, thank you for hanging out today. Kind of a shorter episode, but hey, you know, we only got one person here, not two of us. So what are you going to do? If you enjoyed today's episode, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell the children that they need to subscribe and listen to Good Morning Liberty every single day of the week when we want to Go to joingmail.com, visit all of our lovely sponsors that you hear about. That helps more than you know, even if you just click on the links, okay? But trust me, that, that whole beard club thing, you can see right here how well that stuff works. All right, so make sure you click on some of those links. Everyone, we're out of here. It's Monday. I hope you had a great one, and we'll be right back here again tomorrow with Angela McArdle, chair of the Libertarian Party. So until then... Have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Let me start off with two words. Made in America. Made in America.